Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is December 23rd, and our reading comes from Revelation chapter 14. Now, let me just say again, I'm trying to give you a general understanding of my understanding of Revelation and how end times will unfold. However, there's a lot here that's hard to understand, and there are many men and women who love Jesus, who love God's Word, who would interpret and understand some of this differently and how it will unfold and the order of things a little differently. So we're holding this with humility and trying to capture the big ideas. If you remember from yesterday, we are in the tribulation period. The Antichrist has come on the scene. The false prophet has come on the scene. They've created this statue that represents the Antichrist. Everybody has to bow down and worship it, that you have to take the mark of the beast or else you can't buy and sell. Well, at the same time, Jesus comes on the scene. And I love that. I believe God's going to remove the church The tribulation will begin. It's a seven-year period. Halfway through the tribulation, the Antichrist arises. But it appears to me that Christ at that moment begins his entrance, and there's a battle. Jesus has come. I love this. Listen, Jesus is coming to throw Satan, the Antichrist, the false prophet, all evil, sin, rebellion, and all the pain and suffering it causes out of his good creation and to establish his millennial, his thousand-year reign on the earth. It reminds me of so many Hollywood movies, right, where evil is reigning, and then a conqueror, a hero, a Jesus, a Messiah figure comes into the story and throws evil out and reestablishes peace and goodness, right? That's exactly what Jesus is going to do. Chapter 14, beginning in verse 1. Then I saw the Lamb standing on the Mount of Zion, and with him were 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. Remember, these are Jews that have gotten saved during the tribulation. Jesus comes, and it's like they are in battle formation. They are with him. Verse 2, and I heard the sound, a sound from heaven like the roar of a mighty ocean, ocean waves, or the rolling of loud thunders. It was like the sound of many harpists playing together. This great choir sang a wonderful new song in front of the throne of God and before the four living beings and the 24 elders. No one could learn this song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. They have kept themselves as pure as virgins, following the Lamb wherever He goes. They have been purchased from among the people of the earth as a special offering to God and to the Lamb. They have told no lies, and they are without blame. So they've given their life to Jesus, and in the tribulation period, because they see God, and the situation is so extreme, it's like faith has become much, much more serious. In fact, when I read this, it reminds me of of my missionary work, and when I'm in these other countries, where all they have is Jesus, and they're under tremendous persecution and suffering, their faith 
is so rich and white hot. The circumstances kind of create that. Whereas here in America, I think so many times we have it so easy and we're so prosperous and so safe and so comfortable that sometimes the our faith becomes weaker, right? It's not quite as as hot. Jesus isn't quite at the center. And hopefully as we're going through Revelation, it'll help us put him back in his rightful place. Hopefully as we enter into the new year and begin 21 days, that for all of us, we'll begin praying and crying out to God for personal spiritual revival in our lives. So Jesus returns. He's got the 144,000 and they are worshiping the Lord together. Verse six, I saw another angel flying through the sky, carrying the eternal good news to proclaim to the people who belong to this world. I love the grace and mercy of God that even this moment, an angel begins preaching, declaring the good news to all the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. Verse seven, fear God, he shouted, give glory to him for the time has come when he'll sit as judge, worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. So he says, the time of judgment has come. Repent, turn back to God. This is your last chance. I just love how right before God's judgment There's another gracious invitation for people to turn to Christ. Verse 8, then another angel followed him through the sky, shouting, Babylon is fallen. The great city is fallen because she made all the nations of the world drink the wine of her passionate immorality. So Jesus has come to defeat the world empire, the world systems. Verse nine, then a third angel followed them shouting, anyone who worships the beast and his statute or who accepts the mark on their forehead or on their hand must drink the wine of God's anger. It has been poured full strength into God's cup of wrath and they will be tormented with fire and burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the lamb. The smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever and they will have no relief day or night for they have worshiped the beast and his statute, and have accepted the mark of his name. And we've said this before, but again, remember, our God is so patient. He is patiently proclaiming the gospel. He is patiently enduring sin and the pain and suffering that sin causes on planet earth. But there is a moment when his patience ends and his righteous judgment begins. Verse 12, this means that God's holy people must endure persecution, patiently obeying his commands and maintaining their faith in Jesus. If we follow Jesus, we can experience persecution, but we've got to endure knowing there is a reward coming for us. Verse 13, I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this down. Blessed are those who die in the Lord for now on. Yes, says the spirit. They are blessed indeed for they will rest from their hard work for their good deeds follow them. So, so many people during the tribulation will refuse to take the mark of the beast. They will refuse to bow down to the antichrist or his image, and they will be martyred for their faith. But Jesus says there's a great reward for your faithfulness. Verse 14, then I saw a white cloud. 
And seated on the cloud was someone like the Son of Man. He had a gold crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. And then another angel came from the temple and shouted to the one sitting on the cloud, Jesus, swing the sickle, for the time of harvest has come. The crop on earth is right. So the one sitting on the cloud swung his sickle from the over the earth, and the whole earth was harvested. So the first angels declared the gospel, and now there's this final harvest before God's judgment. Verse 17, after that, another angel came from the temple in heaven, and he also had a sharp sickle. And the other angel who had power to destroy with fire came from the altar, and he shouted to the angel with the sharp sickle, swing your sickle now to gather the clusters of grapes from the vines of the earth, for they are ripe for judgment. So the angel swung his sickle over the earth and loaded the grapes into the great wine press of God's wrath. The grapes were trampled in the wine press outside the city and blood flowed from the wine press in a stream about 180 miles long and as high as a horse's bridle. The thing that I just love about today's reading is that even in the midst of the tribulation period, before God's wrath, before the sickle of God's wrath is swung, the gospel once again, is graciously preached to all the earth. And once again, there is a great harvest before God's wrath comes. And I don't know about you, but for all of us, I think that should just inspire us. Let's do all we can to proclaim the gospel in our families and at work and in our neighborhood, everywhere we go. Let's tell people about Jesus so that people can come to know Christ and escape a just judgment. And uh, man, our Christmas Eve services are tomorrow. What a great opportunity for all of us to take this moment and invite someone to Christmas services so they can hear the gospel and open their heart to Jesus and receive all the blessings of being a child of God and escaping coming judgment. Man, what a great inspiration for us. Let's invite somebody to Christmas services and let's just pray that God would use these services to open their eyes to the truth and that we'd see a great harvest this holiday. Father, we thank you so much that Jesus reigns. I'm so grateful that Jesus is going to return to the earth and throw out Satan and the Antichrist and the false prophet and all sin and all pain and all suffering. You are going to establish your millennial reign on the earth for the blessing of all people and for your glory. And God, I pray that you'd give us a sense of urgency to proclaim the gospel just as that angel proclaims the gospel one more time. Lord, I pray that we would have that same sense of urgency. And I pray that as we invite people to our Christmas services tomorrow, God, that they would say yes, that you'd give us favor and we'd see a great harvest of souls this Christmas. Lord, we love you. And we thank you that you are our righteous, just King. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for being with me. I hope that encourages you. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.